Welcome everybody to Mostly Star Wars. Uh, this week, as you can tell by the title, we are going to be talking about The Force Awakens. But before we get into that, I want to introduce our other hosts here. We have Crazy Quentin. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And then we also have Josiah uh, Martinez, mostly, or mostly Martinez, whichever way you want to write it. <laughs> Hello there. Okay. All right. What is... Okay. Is it... Is it... It's laggy? Yeah, okay. What the heck, man? Yeah. My settings are all fine. Like, like how it was when I restarted last my... Week. Yeah, when I restarted my... Uh, yeah, we're starting to set up a pattern here, huh? All right, maybe that might have changed anything. Maybe I just can't record at the same time. Right, I'm going to try to stop recording and see if that fixes anything. Okay, are we? is it getting any better? It looks like it's still dropping frames. Uh, super weird. I don't know. Last time when I restarted it, everything was worked fine the entire thing. And I've even turned down settings from last week. So it says the stream hasn't dropped in any frames. It says skip to, to encoding lag. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's getting better now. Okay. Does it look better to you, Josiah? Looks better to me too, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Our head, Bob. Our yeah. head, Bob's working. Okay, I'm going to try to start the recording just again, just to... Because if we don't... If we're recording, we get... Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, I uh, can't tell, but it might be uh, dropping frames again. So, yeah, okay, we can't record. Oh, that's weird. Okay, anyway... Well, now we know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to get a dedicated to recording PC. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not doing anything else with this thing than recording, and you'd think it would work fine, but, you know. So, anyway, uh, welcome, everyone. And how's everyone going? Uh, we're going to talk about The Force Awakens, but we also had... Uh, some new Star Wars come out this week as well. Uh, we had the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. Mm -hmm. And we've had a few of these Lego Lego shows come out now. And they're, they're always cute and funny. And I thought, I thought this one, this one was my favorite one so far. It, it was just fun. And there, there was a lot of funny parts that I really enjoyed. I died when the Boba Fett theme came on. Okay, wait. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers, everyone. Oh, <laughs> we're yeah, hundred percent. You're gonna we're gonna be talking about this and uh if you haven't seen it, so just skip ahead a little bit. And I'll I'll give a thumbs up on the screen when when we're done. <laughs> but 
Okay, so when Bo the Boba Fett, when the uh, Slave One came in and <laughs> the Boba Fett theme, I died. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that theme. It is one of the funny, yeah. the funnest themes, and it was it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Obi Wan going on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I like how everyone vacation. I like how everyone, <laughs> uh, Anakin, Leia, they're like, wait, Obi Wan Kenobi said to relax and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was that was fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he goes on a date with uh, Shirley from Community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't remember her name, but I knew I knew who she was instantly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that it's on the. Uh, the Halcyon, is that how you say it? The yeah. new hotel, Disney's hotel. <laughs> yeah. And uh I thought, wow, that seems like a a big ad. Especially especially because you know it's targeted at kids. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna go there. Yeah. <laughs> is is Hezekiah asking, can we can we go stay on the, the Halcyon? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, he doesn't know that that's a possibility as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping that from him. Yeah, I love. Oh, I yeah. love the part where uh, where uh, Finn kicks up the sand and it goes in his face and he's like coughing and then <laughs> he's like sand, right? It gets everywhere. I know. Yeah, I love that. I love that that whole uh, Anakin's Force Ghost, and then you know he tells about the time that him and the Emperor. Went on vacation. That one as him invader. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> then playing beach volleyball. <laughs> uh, I like and, that they're not they're not afraid to to make jokes themselves. Like with the whole the whole sand statement, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're they're not afraid to have some fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keep that one a secret as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's and, the first uh, thing I'm going to tell him when I see him again. <laughs> Comment on his YouTube video. <laughs> you, should, you should give away a trip to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, and I love uh, uh, the Emperor Zippity Zappity. <laughs> Zippity Zappity. Yes, that's what it was right? something like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was, that was so good. funny. <laughs> he starts electrocuting everyone. I just like how they. He was all bored, and then yeah. he's like, "Ruler of the beach." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all he wanted. And then yeah. they the ruler win. of something. They win at everything because he just uses the force to <laughs> cheat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I really want that that Darth Vader minifigure, mm -hmm. actual the Lego with him in the the tank top. In the tank top, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they. I'm trying to. Th I feel like didn't that celebration they like showed that. Like the Maybe. set where he's in that. And I was like, oh, man, Zippity I want it. <laughs> I like, okay, when when Anakin comes out of the water, I think Pins, uh, Finn's first reaction is like, is is the Emperor back again, again? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> again, again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they do they tend to make little jokes at that, and that's that's always funny. And and I like at the end of that sequence, he's like, "Wait, did you just try to teach me a lesson with the emperor?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "No, well, yeah, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walks back into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, the the other good one that I liked is um all the scenes with the solo family vacation on indoor. Yes. <laughs> that, that was all pretty good too. The <laughs> uh what what did they call him? Uh what was the the oh the mouse droid. They kept calling Yeah. The insult was oh you mouse droid. Yeah, to, to uh, yeah, to Ben. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he calls the other guy when he kicks him out of the sea. He calls him that. But <laughs> uh, I just, I just liked how uh, the whole fight there, and he's like, "Oh, the the Death Star debris," and uh, just him taking over, and I thought it was funny because. Uh, that when they fir- when you first introduce them, you see they're on. Oh boy, what planet was it on? But we just talked about it last week. The uh, planet where Solo and and Chewie meet, the mud ball. Oh, right, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, the or, or Leia ball. goes, uh, <laughs> Leia goes, oh yeah, real real nice. Yeah, tell him about where. Uh, Stormtroopers threw you into the pit and Chewie almost ate you. And Hunk goes, yeah, yeah good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Chewie almost ate you. <laughs> it, oh, I totally forgot too. And so when they're making fun of him that he's never flew the ship and so he's proven himself and they go or whatever, but then they're all like in the seat and messing around, touching stuff. And then uh, Ben's like, don't touch my dad's dice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I thought. Uh, love the stormtrooper de- the design. I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> it was funny that the stormtrooper swimsuits on the Legos, on Scarif. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought I thought it was also funny when Finn's like, "So you mean Scarif just went through a resort to a empire base to a resort again?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I oh, I thought it was real funny because the emperor is like, "We'll build a shield generator right here, but we'll put the master switch way over there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, it was just—it was just a fun, uh, like you could just—you don't have to pay super amount of attention. There's just little. It's basically like if memes became videos. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what the show is, mm-hmm. and and it was—it was fun. It wasn't yeah. overly. Uh, it, it was just, yeah, like a chill. It was a chill time, too, because they're just telling stories about going on vacation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, li- I like uh, Wicked and Wicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was fun. 
and uh mm-hmm. well you also have billy d williams narrating the whole thing mm-hmm. or not narrating but he's like the ship announcer right mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like i think he said uh what what was the line may your may your vacation be like my capes or something style or glamorous and always in style or something yeah something like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good and i was like yes the capes yeah no yeah like i told you guys uh i we kind of sat down to watch it all as a family and then like immediately afterwards like both my kids wanted to watch it again and so we're like all right i guess we'll watch it again (laughs) yeah it was good yeah we i watched it i watched it twice as well because me and my wife watched it together but she fell asleep so i'm like all right we'll we'll watch it again (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's good but yeah so uh i 100 percent recommend watching it okay uh shall we move on all right chat or get big thumbs up if you're watching on youtube you can stop now or start now and watch (laughs) for the force awakens talk and so you you won't be spoiled anymore for the the lego star wars i say if you haven't watched force awakens yet not much i can do for you after that I think I think you're uh, on the wrong wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll leave then. <laughs> All right. Well, who wants to start? Not it. Uh, okay. I'll I'll start for you guys. Okay. So, we have uh, the first movie in what, like a decade? The first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, all of us here for sure, any Star Wars fan, right, was super excited to see Star Wars once again at the theater on the big screen, you know, all the hype before it, you know, even the trailers, you know, watching all the trailers, I was super excited um, watching the different interviews with mostly everybody on the cast, pretty positive, everyone except Mark Hamill. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I was super pumped for the movie and... uh, yeah, I, I think the movie was, the idea of the movie, doing another trilogy, I think was was a good idea. I think uh, kind of mixing some of the things that we love, some of the characters and some of the themes that we loved in like the original trilogy and mixing that with new characters, uh, giving us new experiences, that idea was, was real. it was a really good idea. Yeah, I remember I remember the day that I read George Lucas sold it to Disney because I think mm-hmm. I I think that same day that they announced that they said, "All right, we're making more movies." Too. And yeah. I, and I just was like I remember texting Quentin and I'm like, "Oh my goodness. This is like amazing because we've always loved star wars everything star wars since we were kids and we're like thought it was mostly dead besides random games you'd get once in a while like i think Mm -hmm. like force unleashed was the last thing we had gotten really Mm -hmm. and so there Mm -hmm. wasn't a whole lot of new content uh 
I don't even know if, I mean, there was, there was, uh, I think Clone Wars was still going, but at that point there was no, no thought of any movies happening or any live action things. Yeah, I, I feel like the only thing that I kind of was hearing like rumors about even around that time was I feel like even uh, before that it was officially announced that they're doing another trilogy, people were talking about a possible Obi-Wan movie. And so I was like at that time, like fingers crossed, hoping that we'd get an Obi-Wan movie. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean... As soon as that happened and they said they were going to make a new trilogy, but there was also reports that they were going to make everything that they were going to uh, be making new everythings. And that just, it just got super pumped. And mm -hmm. so, and I remember being super excited <clears throat> for this movie. And I just thought, I remember watching the first trailer, like I was all over, like I mean, more Star Wars. Yes, I was so excited. And then I remember the tickets dropped. And when the tickets dropped, it crashed the internet. Mm -hmm. And it really sucked because I was scrambling, trying to get tickets. It was there the minute it happened and, and could never get through, couldn't get through getting, getting nothing yeah and by the time you could get anything the next day everything was sold out and i was so disappointed but the next day i was online looking trying to get tickets in the uh theater that we were going to that we wanted to get ha added another showtime at 1 40 a.m in the morning and that's the one we ended up going with. We saw it that night, but it, it was at almost 2 a.m. <laughs> that's how mm -hmm. bad that we wanted to see it night of. And that's kind of started our tradition because because before this was the this is also the first Star Wars movie that released when I was an adult. Mm -hmm. So because I was only. 1415 when the when the first one came out or when uh, revenge of the one. sith the last one and so ever since then we have seen every star wars movie that has come out night of <clears throat> mm -hmm. and it's just kind of our tradition you know we go down to the theater we get get lunch at the restaurant across the street or dinner at the restaurant across the street usually it's a thursday we all pay the price because we stay up we watch it late and then have to had to work on fridays and so but it was it's always worth it new star wars is always exciting yeah <clears throat> and uh, i we're gonna get to the 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 first two comments that seth just said but the the third one he said stuff like this is like the one time i like living in a small town louisiana I just waltzed straight up to the midnight showing with no issues. And I 100% agree with you because uh, I was living and I, I currently am right now uh, living in a small town in Wyoming and it's the same thing. Like I, I can get into any show. And the other thing is they don't have like online 
So you have to actually go and pre-purchase in person. <laughs> and so no one does that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I could just go in and pretty much get any movie, you know, like as, as soon as they, they drop, I'll just drive over there and get whatever tickets I want. And it's, it's though, I would say only like Avengers in game and things like that would be like sold out through the weekend, you know, but most of the time, even if you just went the day of, you could probably get a ticket. That's, that's an interesting point that you bring that out because this movie was the very first movie I can remember actually assigning seats. This is what started that mm -hmm. whole trend. And yeah. the thing is, is that when we bought tickets, we, uh, it, they didn't assign seats. They didn't assign seats until we'd already bought tickets until you got there. We, yeah, we got there at like seven 30. And we sat mm -hmm. in the mall until 2 a.m. because we got there. Oh, we, wanted, we wanted to get early because you want the best seats. Yeah. And then, and then or at we least get even there. Sit together because there was like six of well, us, five and of they, us. Yeah, I think there was five of us. And we, we wanted to get there early to get the good seats. We get there and mm -hmm. they're like, okay, sign seats, pick your seats. And then it was like we had to write it out. And we had to draw in our names or whatever on, on the seats. And we're like, what is this? We're here five hours early <laughs> or more to, to see the movie. And we have to assign seats. And our seats weren't mm -hmm. terrible, but they weren't nearly as good as I was expecting to be when I was five hours early for a 2 a.m. showing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because then we we spent all that time. We just sat in the mall at the in the uh, food court. I took my tablet so I could watch the hockey game. <laughs> nice <laughs> that, that, that night. Uh, but yeah, and we just sat there and waited, and it was it was a blast though. And and this this movie I will say was definitely a lot of fun the first time. There may be, maybe it can get picked apart a little bit when you start nitpicking and looking at it more closely, but the first viewing was definitely a lot of fun. And just, just the mm -hmm. excitement. Yeah. And you almost, you won't get that in, again. Like, mm -hmm. I was super excited for Obi-Wan, and that was probably the most I've been excited since The Force Awakens. Yeah. But I feel like when you have that much time in between... You just mm -hmm. don't get quite as much an excitement. Mm -hmm. We're like, we're like, oh, I'm really excited for Andor, and I really am. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I just got a new Star Wars show in Obi Wan like two months ago. It's not like yeah. I've been waiting ten years like I had been <clears throat> when when this yeah. movie came out. Yeah, now we're just getting spoiled, to be honest. Yes, very much <laughs> so. Everything Star Wars, <laughs> and I, I'm here for it. So absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Now we've kind of just, I've said this before too, but that's kind of why I like the weekly release thing because every day you're like you wake up and you're like, oh, new Star Wars today, yes, and and that's that's always a fun feeling and, and the excitement you get when you can watch sit down and watch something new, mm -hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. And uh, okay, so Seth. Seth says this movie is super fun and so well paced, like it flies by. I feel the same way about Rise of Skywalker, even as full of problems it is. It's so fun. Yes, I will agree with that. 
uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, th this movie, it, it is fun. Uh, honestly, I'm probably, I know, I know you guys might go a little negative, but I will say of the sequels that The Force Awakens getting past all the excitement that there was and the fun that I had when it was new. When I look back on it, I actually think it's my least favorite of the sequels. Mm -hmm. Because it feels a little, a little bit like A New Hope. A lot of it's the same. But when I was watching it this time, I kind of realized that it's not necessarily about the things that happen, but the story is in the these characters' relationships and their relationships with each other. Ray and Finn's relationship, Han and Chewie, Han and Leia, and their relationships and what has happened. <clears throat> and so, uh, as we get into it here, uh, Josiah, you wanted to talk about those comments that Seth posted. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a good way to jump into it. So, uh, Seth and chat said, uh, I still really enjoy this movie, but it's definitely like a design by committee. Disney so clearly wanted to divorce themselves from the prequels, especially early on. The first spoken words of the sequel trilogy are literally, this will begin to make things right. Haha. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that that's, it's a great start because it, it is what happened. And I don't know if you guys remembered, but there was when the Disney buyout happened, there was like a, there's huge, like live events, like on multiple different websites. And you could like see Disney talking and there's different like people within Disney talking how they're excited and, you know, they have a bunch of projects they want to do. And they even had George, they had a little interview of George Lucas with Kathleen Kennedy. Did you guys see that? Mm -hmm. And he, I'm, I'm sure he, I did at some point, but yeah. yeah. So he basically is, he basically is saying that he knew that he was going to kind of like step away and, you know, he couldn't do it forever. Like a lot of those types of things. He thought he was like, I thought that it was like done, you know, after the, the prequels and everything like that. And, you know, whatever, it was kind of like, you know, he didn't know what was going to happen. But then when he found yeah. out about this idea, he was like, you know, I know I can't continue doing it. And I know like, I just was like the perfect person to do it is Kathleen Kennedy. And she was like, oh, man, you know, I'm so honored and, you know, all this type of stuff. And she was like, really, like, you know, how you would imagine, you know, you're super honored and you want to continue on that legacy and everything like that. And then it's like, it feels like to me that it's like, as soon as that deal fully went through, that's when they're like, okay, get rid of George and we're, <laughs> we're going to do it exactly how we want, you know, and, you know, our own way and everything like that. And I feel yeah. like for me, story-wise that's where things kind of went off the rails. I think, because uh, I've seen multiple things. One thing, people like to give Kathleen Kennedy a bunch of crap, but people don't realize that she's in her position because George hired her and put her there. He, she was his choice. Yeah, 100%. Not, not Disney's. <clears throat> Disney just let her do her job. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think you kind of write where <clears throat> I have seen things where George had said that when he had signed off, 
he kind of or it was uh bob Iger's book mm -hmm. and I, I haven't read the book but i've just seen articles about it where he mentions <clears throat> that george lucas was mad because he was under the impression that because he had wrote treatments for seven eight nine yeah and that he was under the impression that when he signed it over to them they were going to make those movies yeah once they fully got control they stopped that and they're like nope make a nostalgia flick mm -hmm. and and <clears throat> this is this is what we got and i think part of the the kind of the issue lies not with kathleen kennedy herself but i feel like she's more of the businesswoman the more more uh business oriented mm -hmm. and i think that's where dave is the artist yeah and and that's kind of uh but i also don't think he's given he's he's probably even still given enough credit within universe especially to make movies so yeah. we'll kind of see where it goes from here but anyway with with the force well, awakens I, it felt like okay go ahead sorry q i was just gonna say that you mentioned the the divorce from the prequels and saying this will begin to make things right i feel like that was at a time when when the i don't know if it was quite right then but it was definitely approaching a time when the prequels were starting to be viewed in a another light you know, yeah. Star Wars fans today love the prequels. Uh, you saw how much uh, celebration focused on that era, and people were just loving it. All the all the Hayden Christensen and, and Obi Wan stuff, and, and mm -hmm. Star Wars fans love the 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 prequels now. And yeah. and, think... and this whole movie tried to like you know say this movie tried to put down those movies in that that very mm -hmm. first start. And I feel like it was kind of a a sour way to start it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will agree with that because it almost feels like the, the resurgence that happened with the prequels is more like we liked them and we were kids. They, we, uh, Obi-Wan had said, you know, it's really glad to, I'm really glad to see that the people that we made these movies for love them. And mm -hmm. that he he means by people our age, because mm -hmm. we were kids. George Lucas says, uh, "It Star Wars is for twelve year olds." He's always said that, and I would have been nine, eight or nine when the episode one came out, and I was fourteen when the Revenge of the Sith came out. But now, yeah. ten years ten years later. We're the adults, and our Star Wars is the prequels. And so, when people didn't like the prequels, it was the adults that didn't like the prequels that were original trilogy kids. Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing here is kind of the, the opposite, or you're seeing the same thing happen with, with the treatment of the sequels. There are kids that this is their Star Wars. And then prequel prequel people are hating on them no different than the original trilogy people hated on on the prequels. And it's kind of like this cycle. But I think that's what Disney also didn't understand 
is that the vocal people, the majority of the vocal people that you hear on Twitter and Facebook and social media in general are our age. Our generation. Our generation mm-hmm. who love the prequels. And that's kind of why you get the the backlash to some of the things like uh, this will begin to make things right. Mm-hmm. You see, the, like you said, the kids who were, people who were kids when the original trilogy came out who didn't like the prequels, the people who were kids when the prequels came out, like us, our generation, yes, we like the prequels, but we also like the original trilogy. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. we like one, you know, it's not like we think we don't like the other. We, our generation liked both. Yes. Yeah. I and agree. I think the other thing is, um, so just Star Wars in the chat said, I think the generation it was made for when the prequels were released is now in the prime age to show how much they actually are liked, kind of like what we're talking about. And I think another thing to kind of like, you know, piggyback off of that statement and what we've all been talking about is also the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars cartoon came out and Mm -hmm. that that made me love the prequels even more than I did before. And then, you know, you keep continue moving on and you have Rebels and things like that. It just is compounding how great those other movies are when you have more Mm -hmm. more story involved in it, more character development, and you even can connect with those characters a little bit more. And so I think along with us being at that age where those were our movies, you know, besides that, I think that they've just continued to do such a great job with other releases, whether it's cartoon or live action now. That is making those more relevant and, I guess, more love for sure. Yeah, uh, Seth says the difference is that both of those trilogies, <clears throat> the prequels and the originals, were their own things and weren't trying to respond to anything else. And that's that's something that George has also said. That was uh, George's biggest complaint about this movie, too, was that. Uh, one thing he always tried to do was make them different. And he even tried to keep them special. Uh, one thing in the prequels, you never see them jump to hyperspace. From inside the ship. From inside mm-hmm. the ship with the stars around. Because he that was something he thought was special. That was... If you want nostalgia, he thought you could watch the old movies. Mm-hmm. And that those were something special that they had created for those movies. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so uh, Seth said the sequel trilogy floundered because it was trying to talk to that vocal minority and make a movie for them. Then The Last Jedi attempted to make something truly new, and they hated that too. Yeah, it's like and it, it is kind of like that when you get too nostalgic, and that's that's why uh, I'm pretty sure you've already heard me say this. I know you guys have, but on the channel, uh, I will say that Ryan Johnson understood Star Wars more than JJ, and that oh yeah, I am a I've always had always been a huge JJ fan, but my favorite one is the Last Jedi. But mm-hmm. and and it's it's hard because you almost think it's kind of hard, but you have to pay attention to what's actually being said. You have to listen closely. Yeah. And 
I think there is a lot of fun. Like, I, if you can move past the that one line, which when I watched it, when I was watching it for the first time in theaters, think this will begin to make things right. It never, never even crossed my mind that this was a sort of jab at the prequels in in a way and i'll almost say that the first 30 minutes or so mm -hmm. and, and pretty much until you get to han and chewie coming in mm -hmm. it does feel like this is a good start this is a good start this is a fun uh we're just meeting these characters you know you get the the <clears throat> Finn and Poe, I'm I'm gonna break you out, and he's like, <laughs> I always like that. He's like, are you with the resistance? Like, nope. You need a pilot. <laughs> he's like, I need a pilot, and so you get get those uh, goofy things. I like, you know, Finn being a stormtrooper, but he doesn't want to shoot, doesn't want to kill the villagers, and then wants to escape. That's mm -hmm. some that's some good good storytelling i think it's funny that I, I laughed super hard this time when i was watching it because he tries to one when he first sees ray and she's being uh trying to be beaten up for bb8 and then she he he's like running towards her he's gonna go rescue her and then she beats the crap out of him <laughs> and he just stops and he's like oh but then all of a sudden she oh okay she, she tracks him down and she and so he's running from her and mm -hmm. it's just even though it's he's been fun. trained since birth as a stormtrooper yeah mm -hmm. and then so but i think it's funny when the stormtroopers show up he always he he grabs her hand and she goes i know how to run without you holding my hand <laughs> it's just like yes <laughs> let her go and then but i think it's actually good storytelling because uh there, and then after that he does it again and she goes quit grabbing my hand but then the uh the tie fighters hit and they both fall down and everything and he's laying on the ground and and his first reaction is to go are you okay and she's like yeah and she says let's go and she puts her hand out and grabs him to help him up yeah, how could she not be okay? She's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, yeah, Finn, uh, like Seth said, Finn is a great character. I believe he is. I, mm -hmm. I'll agree to that. I, know, I think Finn's, Finn's a good character. I'm kind of sad we didn't get more from him in this trilogy. Yeah. So, and so. Uh, just Star Wars. Yeah, I think each film in the sequel would actually be better as standalone movies with two directors trying to project two different visions. It made it feel uh, disjointed. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and and just also, I, I think, think it it's was just a two different director issue. I think it's it's the that those directors with two different visions had a, a such a huge part in the the writing of it. Yeah. yeah, and then when and then when when the 
the last Jedi kind of floundered, JJ Abrams was told to here fix this. And you know, people didn't love his first one, so how's he supposed to fix it? Yeah. I I think when I think about this more, it kind of reminds me I watched a an interview with the lead writer for the new Tomb Raider games. And she was describing the way that she went into the writing on all these different things. And she said a few very simple things. And one of them was, she said, as a good writer, you need to answer all of the questions, right? The who, the what, the where. But she said, the most important thing that you need to do is answer the whys. She's like, you don't want to go into a story, whether it's a video game, a book, or a movie, and leave the theater or leave, you know, close the book or, you know, roll the credits on a game and then have a bunch of whys. And I think that's mm -hmm. the issue here. So let me kind of tie this in now. George Lucas did do it. He did do it the opposite way. He would a lot of times create everything before the script, right? Now, they tried to do the same with, you know, the sequel trilogy, but they, they're not George Lucas. You can't do that. You know, <laughs> like there's few people in this world that, you know, can do something like that. They can create everything before the script is even written. George is one of them. JJ is not. And so I think that's <laughs> the issue. And if you watch like behind the scenes of the making, even Megan Kennedy, like, and JJ Abrams both admitted that they did that, that they were like, oh, we need to, you know, focus on like the characters and kind of like what it came off to Tyler. Tyler's like, oh, I think it's not about what's happening. It's about like the characters. And, you know, to me, like, I was like, I, I do want a good movie though. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the, the character interactions and the relationships and stuff, that's cool. But I still want the movie to make sense. I don't want everything to just conveniently fall in place, you know, to make it work with what they wanted with the characters. I want the story to also make sense too and so i feel like that's a little bit of maybe for me what some of the issues are and why i can say there's amazing pieces in this movie and there's they were so close to like some some great opportunities and some great things to happen but they just went a different way every single time and they're like people even you guys can disagree with me but i think finn should have been the main character and finn should have been force sensitive and ray was just what she was she, so Finn, she Finn is strong with the force yeah <laughs> yeah now we know but <laughs> especially yeah, after you, the you, vacation but no what i'm saying is yeah. if the, if he was the main character you know what i mean like if we followed him that would have been amazing origin story and all the way to the end it would have been amazing you know and then you know a stormtrooper trained from birth yeah to and to the, kill innocents and do whatever they're told to a jedi to a Jedi, yeah, hundred percent. And then Ray, on her side, she's like a Han Solo character. You know, she can still the majority of her story could stay the same, but she's not force sensitive. She's like a Han Solo that is always there. She can still, you know, fly the Millennium Falcon to help save the day because she's an amazing pilot. You know, she can still do these missions and you know help out Chewie and and things like that. But she didn't have to be the main focal point so then it's the whole trilogy it's like she she has everything she never has anything yeah. to lose i feel know? like she, yeah. she they, they made ray into into luke the jedi han the the scabby you know smuggler type good pilot and then i mean 
she's she's from the Emperor, so she's royalty. She's Princess Leia. They made Bray into all three of the original trilogy <laughs> characters instead of giving yeah. giving you know some to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. And so also, uh, okay. Uh, it looked like we had a little bit of a difficulty, but it looks like it's solved again. Okay, so uh, I think uh, Seth had mentioned that the the core cast of the characters are amazing. They should have just drawn out the grand outline and stuck to it. Yeah, and I think I think that is the biggest issue. You could forgive that this movie is somewhat of a copy of a new hope you could and last jedi would probably make more sense and while i like rise of skywalker and there are lots of things to like in that movie it almost feels it, it definitely feels like it was okay fix the backlash that happened in this movie from the last jedi and we kind of just, we just saw it with Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. Everyone was complaining, like, after episode three, everyone's like, oh, this, this makes so many plot holes and it's so, you know, this is, this is making things worse, not better and, and all this. And everyone was mostly quiet after six, otherwise, other than saying, oh, this was awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's definitely there's definitely the negative voices are always louder than the positive voices on anything. That's yeah. just uh, that's just how life is. And people when it, who when are it upset happened, speak louder than people who are happy. Yeah. And and when it happened in the Last Jedi, like Quentin said, they would JJ told him, "Okay, fix this." Well, JJ and, got the job to fix it. And so they. Basically, in this movie, in The Force Awakens, basically, it's almost like a prologue, and then the main story is The Last Jedi, because all, all Ryan Johnson had was, okay, you gave me Rey, which we know is got can use the Force, and they killed all the Republic. And Luke's on an island somewhere alone. And Luke's on an island and has been a recluse. I kind of like how what Seth said that each movie was just trying to put out a fire of the last movie. Mm -hmm. Force Awakens trying to fix the prequels. But The Force Awakens was too much like the original trilogies. People said, oh, it was just a copy of the original trilogy. So then they're like, oh, we got to do something completely new for The Last Jedi. And then nobody mm -hmm. liked that. So then, they're like, oh, we got to gotta fix that with the, with the Rise of Skywalker and I don't know. I feel like Rise of Skywalker is kind of a mess in the in the grand scheme of things, but I think I think like there are certain points that are sure, but there are good things. There are lots of good and fun things in that movie too, and I think, uh, like like I said, then this movie was kind of like a prologue, prologue, and so we have those those few things set up, and then. The Last Jedi is kind of where the story really starts to dig in. Mm -hmm. 
And I think the real issue that I think even if people heeded what they would have done with the rise of Skywalker, if it, it would have been perceived as a lot better if it would have made, if it didn't feel like it was trying to contradict everything that happened in the last Jedi, even if you didn't necessarily like it, but the story was there and fleshed out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, like Seth had said, uh, like all the, the characters, they're, they're great. They're amazing actors. Um, I think it was just the, the way that the story was written out. And now fast forward, we have, you know, the, the benefit of, you know, the, the 2020 vision, the hindsight, right. And all of the characters didn't even like it, (laughs) you know, like even all the cast are like, yeah, I didn't like the story, but I did it, you know? And so just Star Wars talked about it being really cool if Kylo was the main character. And I think that kind of plays off of what I was thinking is what I would have loved to see is if, uh, like I said, so if Finn is the the Jedi, you know, through throughout this trilogy, right? So Finn is kind of the the light side. We're watching his journey to the light to to becoming a Jedi, and then Kylo is you know, a, a similar arc to Vader, right? So a similar thing could happen. So over the course of the three, he's fighting, he's battling. And then at the end, we see a similar thing. But, you know, in, instead of Rey, it's Finn. So Finn and Kylo kind of do that final battle, you know, and the the emotional side of it is Kylo and Rey could still have their romance, like the romantic side of things, you know, they could still be in love. She doesn't have to be, you know, also the the love interest of the whole trilogy on top of everything else she is you know she could that she could have her one role and that on top of it so i could feel like that would still all kind of mesh the second thing is with all of the original trilogy cast you know that came back right i feel like because i i can't remember who said it. i want to even say like it was like if it was i can't remember if it was megan kennedy or jj or maybe together but they were saying that you know, this isn't about the original trilogy cast. All what it's about is them handing off basically the mantle to the new generation of Star Wars, right? And mm-hmm. you can totally see that's what they're doing, right? But I think if they would have carried that through the whole trilogy, so you know, if everybody you know survived, you know, basically into the end, Luke was able to train you know Finn throughout the whole thing. You know, Han and Leia, you know, have their thing up until the end. You know, like, and so then it was more like they were 100% prepared, whereas this one, it's kind of like they have Han as a little bit of like a, you know, a a role model, wise man, kind of. Yeah, he, but he, then, fits, but he then, fits that role. Uh, yeah, from but the then first he dies. Two. He's, he's, well, you know? I mean, <clears throat> okay, that to that point, Han Solo in, in this movie is Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. In the first movie of their trilogies, he's the one that makes the sacrifice to show the next generation what it might take to do to succeed. You know, Qui-Gon dies, uh, Obi-Wan dies. It's it's you know you might have to sacrifice your your life to do the right thing, and that's that's what han solo is in this movie he is the the old wise person who is 
showing the new generation the stuff, the hard decisions you might need to make. Yeah, I think the only problem with that is both the characters you mentioned, like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, their legacy is that they're a legend. And, you know, they sacrifice their life for the greater good. Han didn't do that. <laughs> He's, they basically made him out to be, you know, a loser who couldn't handle it. So he left his wife. And then he doesn't even know how to run his own ship. <laughs> this random character is telling him how to run his own ship and, you know, teaching him how to fly, basically. And then at the very end, he didn't have to die. And him dying didn't help anything in the, in this plot. They could He could have saw him and been like, oh, yeah, you know, and then just left. But he was doing it because Leia basically guilted him in to try to trying to bring him back. So he basically died for nothing. So when they're talking uh quentin's just smiling <laughs> han uh kylo says that he's being torn apart and that he knows what he has to do but doesn't know if he has the strength to do it and han at this point says uh yes anything and i think by that means he will do anything to help Kylo come back and I think to the light mm -hmm. side and I think maybe yes he needed to do this and also you know I, I don't think he died for nothing I think he died to save his son is what he did is at least that's what he was trying to do and and as a father wouldn't wasn't that something that you'd be willing to do and and so that's kind of what it felt like because there's no way he walks out onto that bridge without knowing some way that that would be, or could very well be the end of it. And, and yes, he's, he's sacrificing himself to save his son is in, and that's what the way, the way I look at it is that he that'd would be, be like, that'd be like saying Padme died to save Anakin. I mean, maybe you could say it's it's a small part, maybe, but I mean, there it's way too much time from when he dies to when he comes back to the light. But the first thing I would say, but the first I would say thing Luke he comes is back the to... reason why. And first so thing this one, he it's sees... like Ray. Ray in this movie is the reason he goes to the light. <laughs> if if you think about it, though, in Rise of Skywalker, what's the first thing he sees after he decides to go back to the light? He relives this moment almost word for word. And so that I think these are just seeds. And if that's all, it, if that's all he could provide, I think Han Solo was willing to die to plant a seed that Leia, Leia, cause Leia says there's still light in him. And, and he knows it too. Mm -hmm. And that this moment is he would do anything, including dying, to even plant a seed to bring him back to the light side. And so that I just. So in their line, because you, you mentioned about him, him leaving, Hansola leaving. So their line when they meet and they're back on Dakar 
is that Han says, I know every time you look at me, you see him. And Leia says, you think I want to forget him, but I want him back. And then, and then Han says, there is nothing more we could have done. There's too much Vader in him. And, and Leia, that is why I wanted him to train with Luke. I just should have never sent him away. That is when I lost him. That's when I lost you both. When he falls to the dark side, and, and and Han goes on to say, we both had to deal with it our own way. I went back to the only thing I was any good at, and Leia said, we both did. So it, it's just how they dealt with it. I don't I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing. I I I mean, if you say that about Han, I feel like you can say the same thing about Leia in in that aspect. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the way that I think that they did both those characters in Injustice and um I know Rebellica is not here right now, but Leia is her hero, right? Mm -hmm. And there's there's no way that she agrees that she would be fine with that. One of the greatest love stories of all time in cinema that they break up <laughs> and they break yeah. up because of that, you know, I, I don't know. That, that's, that's one thing that's tough for me. It, like, I think they had to put that in there, obviously, once again, cause you need to know some wise in this, in this movie. So, I mean, it, they, they put it out there, but I think for anybody who liked those characters before, it's kind of like, okay, so within 30 years, you both revert to, what you were before we saw all of your character development before you both became heroes before you mm -hmm. both, you know, had this whirlwind romance, you know, that, that's just, it's kind of like, once again, I think they were trying too hard to be like, okay, all of the star Wars characters that are in this, we're giving you some nostalgia, but all of them are basically worthless in this new, in the new star Wars we're creating, you know, you need to care about Ray. Ray is the one that has everything you know, Han doesn't have it together. Leia doesn't even have it together. You know, Luke definitely doesn't have it together. You know, so you need these new people with all the hope, all the power of the force, you know, all of the force abilities without training. Yeah, that's that's what you want to focus on. All of these amazing people without flaws. And, you know, then the people with flaws are the ones that, you know, people loved in the past. One thing I wanted to bring up, when you mentioned that... Um... Han Solo sacrifice would be like Padme sacrificing to redeem Anakin because it's you know it's all a time later, but it's really not that much later. I think that's another failing of the, the, the sequel trilogy is unlike the original trilogy, the original trilogy takes place over four years, right? There's three mm -hmm. years between the first two and a year between the second and third. But this movie, they're all like boom, 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 one mm -hmm. right after another. Yeah. No, there's technically there, technically the the Rise of Skywalker is thirty five ABY and Force Awakens and Last Jedi are thirty four BBY. But th yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it was an doesn't mean it's an entire year later. You know, it could be six months later. It just happened that the calendar year changed, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> so in, in theory, his sacrifice leads to Kylo's redemption within a year, within twelve months. That's not a very long time for him to like sit there and meditate and think about what he just did you know so i feel like yeah I because last jedi, comes, issue. last jedi takes place like 30 minutes after the force awakens it's, it's 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 instantly it picks up right where the credits roll off of of her handing the saber it's literally not even 
seconds. It's the very, it picks up right where it left off. And I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I definitely feel like between that and the end of the story, there should have been more time. There definitely should have been either a fourth movie to fill in the gaps, and there should have been a bigger gap between Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I think you could easily when when we I remember when I first watched The Last Jedi, my first thought was this felt more like a part two of a four movie set. Instead yeah, of was, instead there was of no like time period between the two of them, it well it, it just more felt like a part like I said part two of four, not necessarily the the middle of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because the end of the Last Jedi is kind of like the Resistance reset. Yeah, you know, there's there's less people in the Resistance at the end of the Last Jedi than there is in the Rebel Alliance during, you know, the Rebel time period, or Obi-Wan, there's more people on the path than there are in the Resistance <laughs> at that point. Like, mm-hmm. so it definitely felt like it was like a reset, and then it was, oh, we gotta finish this movie in two hours. We gotta finish mm-hmm. this whole story in two hours. But, that, but I do feel like that where you get the sacrifice of Han to Kylo's redemption... Is actually very quick. It's three movies, but the time period is very short. Whereas, like Anakin's fall, he's Darth Vader for twenty-five years, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot longer. Yeah, that's about right. Twenty, yeah, twenty-some years. And I, I do. You brought something up earlier, Josiah, and I do think that. Of the sequel trilogy in general, and even in this movie, my favorite my favorite character is Kylo Ren. Is Ben Solo. And I think uh, just Star Wars had brought it up, but what if it was like, what if they had done the trilogy almost looking at it from Kylo's perspective of the light side is the bad guys and him having the temptations towards the light. And I thought that was pretty interesting. But I think even so, he he has this... He, he is definitely the best character, the most, I think, almost the most well-written. And I think that's kind of also the failing of the sequel trilogy because when he turns to the light it's one of the most emotional parts and and you feel like the struggle for him and all that where you just don't get that sense of uh worry with with ray mm-hmm. or finn or even poe yeah and so in 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 this movie, it is it is interesting to kind of see Ray, and I don't. Uh, I think we're kind of ignoring some of the good things, and one was just we all can admit this. John Williams hit it out of the park with all the whole sequel trilogy. His his music in this trilogy is 
just as good as either of the first two. The one, Kylo Ren's theme is so menacing, is so good. Ray's theme is fantastic. And I love, I, lo I get like chills when uh, the, the pilots are coming uh, to Maz's castle and Han goes, it's the resistance and that music swells. Yeah. And it's, it's so good that that part there are a few i almost i almost would say my there are a few cringe lines like finn going that's one hell of a pilot and i was like <laughs> okay yeah maybe he's a little too good <laughs> it's a little unbelievable yeah. in that, that one seemed... shot becomes a double ace <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that one scene in the castle where he just mows down like ten Tie Fighters, mm -hmm. like I mean, sure he's a good pilot, but Luke was a great pilot. Wedge was a good pilot. Mm -hmm. You know, there were good pilots that didn't. You just don't aren't. That's impossible to be like that. You know what I mean? It was unrealistic <laughs> from a from a non Force user. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you got to remember now that. So he's the new best pilot in the galaxy. So not Luke. Not and the Han. other the other line <laughs> comes from Kylo when, when he captures Poe and he's like, I didn't realize we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's less like, like he's just is that, that famously is that, known? His, is that his second name, best pilot? <laughs> that's that's well, yeah, his, then he's... that's his tag that he has on the ship. Best pilot. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's, he's, you know, sniping stormtroopers on the ground and hits two of them right next to Han and Chewie and, and Finn without even dangering anybody else. Oh, yeah, that's true. Aren't those cannons on those things, like, really powerful? Like, like when, when Chewbacca shoots his bowcaster, <laughs> stormtroopers go flying. And then these guys get hit by, by blast from an X-Wing and they just drop to the ground. No, <laughs> there's a big, there's a big explosion when, when, when it's fired. <laughs> I mean, I don't think well, they go as far as Chewie's bowcaster sends them. Yeah, no, so... Yeah, but they were hit directly they, with it. When he, yeah, first started, when he first starts shooting, right? <laughs> right and they're right shooting the on chest. the ground. They, like, blow up those huge, like... Uh, they're, like, what are they called? Like, you know, it's like brick Transports? walls, basically. Or the brick oh, walls. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like blowing those up, right? When he first shoots. Mm -hmm. But then when he goes by, like the the scene you're talking about, when he shoots right beside Han and Chewie, he can like surgically hit those guys right beside him. Whereas like, when you're shooting at full speed. A little too you know, best pilot in the resistance for me. <laughs> you know, another thing I love is I, I also think is another great character that kind of got the short end of the stick in Rise of Skywalker. But Hux, I think Hux, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hux is a great character. Yeah. His speech in this movie is chilling. And I know uh, probably a lot of you that are watching as well know that the Empire, uh, George based that on 
Nazis. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I mean, that's why they're called stormtroopers. I just think it was like a lot of people didn't know that, I guess. And JJ said, okay, well, we're going to make it obviously clear that that's what they are because they, they do the whole, they just, they look more like, like Nazis. They, they, the way his, his speech is, is chilling. Mm -hmm. And, and then they do the salute. And, and I, I, I've seen people go, oh, I didn't know the empire was based off of the Nazis. And I was like, yeah, that's because George didn't make it blatantly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they were based on. Not clearly just what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but Hux's character, he, I think he's got a great character. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll talk more about his character uh, next week when we do The Last Jedi because there's some moments I really like from him. Yeah. And I, I think it's almost hard to say that some of the, the bad characters, Kylo Ren and, and Hux, are some of the better characters in in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Seth says Phasma was wasted too. Yeah, I yeah. think Phasma, what they were trying to do with her, though, was to make her like Boba Fett in the original trilogy, which, if you really think about it, so he was wasted in the original trilogy too. I mean, other than Empire, he goes down pretty quick in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Boba Fett was was kind of like a was designed as a side character in those movies, whereas yes. I feel like she was kind of presented as more of a uh, a main bad character, and then yeah. was thrown down a, a trash compactor. That was about it in this movie. Yeah, in this mm -hmm. movie. Uh, I do like how they kind of br they bring her back into The Last Jedi, and, and that's kind of like Finn's own personal arc. And that's but but in this movie it does feel like it just it feels like a lot happens but almost nothing happens mm -hmm. and like one of the things that was a little too on the nose about not not that they were keeping secrets it's kind of clear now that they weren't keeping secrets when they made this movie about who ray was and anything they just didn't know yeah, they hadn't wrote it down because, yeah. like, when Ray's Ray meets B BB-8 and she goes, "Oh, classified, me too, big secret," or so something like that, and uh, so so they they just kind of play off of that joke of like, yeah, we don't know, and and it's like, okay, when you look back at it now, it doesn't. If, if it had turned out better, maybe, but the way it turned out, it was almost like those, those instances, those lines don't play as well when you can clearly see that it wasn't, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, so that's why they played it off. They're more mm -hmm. cringe now than, than funny. Yeah. It's and funny, so, sad, not funny. Ha ha. <laughs> and so, uh, Seth said, I will say as a positive, I love the way these movies look. 
the art direction, the sets, the practical effects versus overuse of CGI. Nothing can compare to how gorgeous The Last Jedi, but the other two are still beautifully shot. Yes. So the I do agree that these are very well looked movies. That they look gorgeous. I love I re I really enjoyed the opening scene where uh uh Ray calls the Millennium Falcon garbage and then they go on that that chase flying through the Death Star. That is so that is awesome. That's that's a lot of fun, you know, hearing the the Millennium Falcon theme and all that stuff is is fun. And it's it's hard because it's almost like the movies are these are just the view around them altogether is almost too negative that it's it's hard just to even enjoy them that way. Uh, I, I kind of like as I've said, I'll probably I'll be a lot more positive next week because I think I think the Last Jedi. I, I think the biggest problems are the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi or, or and Rise of Skywalker. I think. Yeah. The last Jedi know, the, bomb, the bombers at the start were pretty bad. Okay, maybe you can. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that next week. But <laughs> uh, so, but when when I try to talk about the the fun that is these characters, and there there was so much potential even even after this movie. Mm -hmm. I could, I could, like I've also said that I think Rise of Skywalker is the one that kind of fumbled it the most in the fact that it just didn't let the story play out. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think this, this movie would have been looked at as fine. Uh, you have the instances where, uh, like we had talked about during Return of the Jedi, it doesn't matter that the battle on the outside of the Death Star is awfully similar to the first battle of the Death Star because the battle had really moved to inside, especially for Luke, who was the main character, had moved to the inside. It was the internal struggle. And I think you can look, you could look at this movie a lot the same way. Ray is beginning to use the Force, understand the Force. I almost... I almost look at this movie the way I think of it this way. Uh, uh, Laura Santeca says without the Jedi, there can be no balance. And I almost look at the light side is trying to use Ray because there really isn't any Jedi active currently. And so the light side has gone kind of dormant in the galaxy. And so whether it's just allowing her or giving her the strength, not necessarily having to be trained. And also, I think if you want to get into the Rise of Skywalker a little bit, maybe the light side has a sense of humor in in picking the Emperor's granddaughter to to balance out the Force. One thing I was thinking of was like, so when they get to the they get to the resistance base, right? And and they talk about 
the the size comparison of the of Starkiller base to the um, the original Death Star, and I just pull up like the schematic of it, and it's like, well, how'd they get that schematic of Starkiller base? They just downloaded it off the Holonet. Was it like a you know public works website had the blueprints for it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like they knew everything about it, and there was no, there was no crawl saying that people died to get it. There were no Bothan spies that gave their lives. You know, like they just downloaded it off the hollow net. And then there's a janitor's no, yeah, like, Yeah, there's no Cassian Andor. There's a, there's a, a, just a, a janitor said, blow up this part and you'll, you'll destroy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I, I think kind we're of, really struggling to find the good here, guys. I do want to jump back. <laughs> you guys were talking about Hux. So let's talk about some good things again. Okay. So you're talking about Hux and uh, Phasma. So I really like both those characters too. And like everybody said, a little bit of missed potential with both of them. Um, some more character development and things like that. Because I kind of feel like <clears throat> Hux is a lot similar to like Agent Callus, right? There's kind of like similarities between the two. And so I kind of like, yes. I like the way that they, they went with that. And I feel like they could have fleshed that out even more to really, you know, enjoy that character more and and feel it. Um, I, I have a, a strong counterpoint to that, but I feel like it's better safe for the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it, th- we're definitely going to talk about him more later. And so I just say, like, just focusing on this movie alone, I, I like kind of where you're, you know, him him as the quote unquote, you know, big baddie, the villain, right? Like I really like him. And then Phasma, I feel like is similar. And I just think there's so much more potential there where she could have been such such more of a you know important character to the first order. Um there, you know, there was like I can't remember where I heard this, but there was like talk that the way that she even got her armor was from Palpatine's ship from Naboo. So that, yeah, and it's supposed to be like, made of chrome, chrome from the ships, right? And so there is like even a connection there where she was more important than you know she was there and she had that armor specifically from the emperor, you know. So there could have been a lot more where she was a lot more important, um, just to not only just the first order but to the Sith, you know, order as well. And I think that that could have played a lot more, and it would have been you know a, even a little more epic than it was. Um, between mm-hmm. her and Finn. Um, and so I, I like both of where those characters started in this movie. Um, I, I think that obviously going forward, they're, they're, it, they could have went lots of different ways. But I do like both of those characters. And for all we know, you know, we might end up getting more of those characters or, or you know, some more maybe even backstory. Not so much with Hux probably, but with Phasma. You know, I think that that would there'd be another character because I know the actress too loved her role. You know, and so she would totally be down. I'm sure <laughs> if they brought her back in any way. I'm sure yeah, she'd they, be I've, down. I've seen things saying, uh, quoting her recently that says she would love to do something with Phasma again. Mm-hmm. I so. mean, how did she wasn't in the Rise of Skywalker, right? Because she no, she dies uh, supposedly. Um. She dies in The Last Jedi when the ship explodes because she yeah, falls but, down into that. But you never see, you know, she falls down into a giant hole. When, she's in a trash compactor when Starkiller base explodes and she makes it in the next movie. So, 
<laughs> I'm sure they can find a way to, to write her as still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people can fall thousands of feet and not die in Star Wars. Unless you're Mace yeah. Windu. Or Han Solo. <laughs> he would be a lightsaber too. Yeah, but you can survive those now. Yeah, you can even survive getting chopped in As half. long as he's angry. As long as he wants revenge. Yeah, if he's a dark side. He, he, he's not on the dark side, though. Revenge oh. is wonders for the will to live. Well, let's give Padme 500 cc's of revenge stat. Mm-hmm. Fix her will to live. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so, we were. I'm sorry if we distracted you there, Josiah. Seth said that the biggest problem with the entire sequel trilogy, though, is something we haven't brought up yet. No decks. Yeah. <laughs> like that's also the biggest problem with the original trilogy as well. If you think Could about you, it. <laughs> there would have been a perfect spot for uh, for Dex too in this movie. He's in my house, Maz Kanata's castle. Yeah, he would have been there, and he was just like because because he's a a secret traitor. You could have yeah. made him, uh, yeah, Maz employing him to get all the secrets out and everything. That would have been yeah. great. Or they go and they're like, hey, we have this piece of a map to find Luke Skywalker, and it's missing this piece. <laughs> we need and to find the missing piece. <laughs> and then they have to go, and Han says, I know someone who knows what those maps are and maybe can help us track them. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, but, so... I think. Remember, we're distancing ourselves from the prequels here, though. So. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, another thing I love. One thing that is great about the sequel trilogy is everyone. It's clear how many people love Star Wars, by how many people want to be in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Uncredited, stormtrooper JB007. <clears throat> yeah, Daniel Craig, obviously Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. and it's Je- Jedi mind tricked by somebody who doesn't know what a Jedi mind trick is. Mm-hmm. James and... Bond. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just this the amount of people that want to be in Star Wars and will do it in full gear. They don't care. Yeah, he's he's just a stormtrooper. You don't see his face. You only mm-hmm. and he's not credited in it at all. I don't even know if he's officially admitted that it's him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like Seth says, who doesn't want to be in Star Wars? Yeah, that's hundred <clears> percent <throat> true. Yeah, I think the other thing you're just reminding me where I don't know why when we were talking about Dex, but the other thing is the civilian aspect of this movie is like also missing like there's there's not a lot of you know you know any sort of civilian or alien really species on planets type thing that is really like delved into and i know that on this movie there was a lot more between like leia and the senate and you know she had like a a right hand girl that was kind of helping her you know help i guess get the resistance, more firepower, get more of the galaxy that, you know, that's, that, that's part of, 
the Republic to join in this battle and show how important it is. And so all of that stuff with like the Senate and all those people in the new um, chancellor, um, all of them were cut out of the movie and you do get to see them. So the chancellor and that person I was talking about, there's like Liz, you know, right-hand girl in, in the Senate, both you see them when they're the, the capital of the Republic is destroyed and so like you you don't you don't know who those characters are you just know that they're people that are about to die but since they cut that out of the movie i feel like that was a, a big missing piece too whereas you know when the death star destroys alderaan there was that emotional beat there too that it yeah, was you have it family with... and friends yeah. right you know there was that extra mm -hmm. deep connection whereas this one it's like oh man and that's so sad all those you know people that you don't know are dying Whereas if you, since they cut that out, whereas if you knew you got to at least meet the, the new chancellor and that he's trying to do the, the best that he can, you know, to, to keep peace think... and this other person too. And that also Leia, it would have affected us in her emotions too, knowing that people that she's super close to also just died. Right. You know, there's that kind of extra connection. I think that goes back to basically what we've been talking about is them distancing from the prequels. And that's that's what people didn't like about the prequels. They don't want to hear about trade routes. Yeah. And taxation. And I'm sitting here watching it and going like, what's going on in the galaxy? I feel like this is, we're just watching a war between two people, but it doesn't really look like it's affecting anyone. Yeah. And, and at first I saw they're gonna destroy the republic and i'm like wait at, at first i did have feelings because i'm like wait did they just blow up coruscant no way <laughs> and then and then you find out that it's not coruscant it's hazian prime some new planet they made up and you're like oh okay i don't care they made up a new planet so they could blow it up without anybody getting mad mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and you know, but but I would have been Naboo or Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if yeah, if you'd have you'd have done something like that where it was actually the Jedi Coruscant. Temple. Yeah, yeah, the Jedi Temple on Coruscant get destroyed. Yeah, that would have been like, oh crap. Mm -hmm. You know, would have you because then you have those attachments to some of the other things. And, mm -hmm. and but but it just wasn't. It was like you don't feel anything. The only emotion you get is a little bit of Han and Finn freaking out because he's saying it's the first order they've done it. So uh, I don't even okay, know which Seth, I don't even know what what comment to pull out of Seth's one, but my first one is write the wrongs, put in sync back in. Yes, if they would have brought in sync into this sequel trilogy, it would have been better for me. <laughs> so I don't think I yes, would have noticed. Seth, Seth does say Star Wars Resistance did give us some of that, and mm. I'll be honest, I, the Resistance show wasn't my favorite, but it yeah. did get a lot better when you when that moment happened in the show. Mm -hmm. I felt like from that moment, if from it was more like its <clears throat> own separate thing, and it was like nothing related to anything. And then all of a sudden, when that moment happened in the first season, I was like, okay, we're, it, it feels a little more real. And then I thought, I thought the second season was pretty good. 
so Seth, and he also says, do you mean to say that you wanted them to kill the past, bury it? I, I think he's referring to destroying Coruscant. I just, mm -hmm. I just think, no, it would have had a more emotional attachment and would have made it feel, it, it would have gave it more of an actual consequence. It would have mm -hmm. been like, oh crap, they just destroyed the, the, the Republic. They destroyed Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Not just some planet we had never heard of at that point. And I get even it. It's had, even if they had, you know, destroyed Chandrilla, that would have been a little more meaningful even, than... Even so, you'd still not... It's not one you've seen before on screen. Yeah. It's, it's not the same. Uh, but also, Seth, I will get more into uh, Kill the Past, or uh, Forget the Past, Kill It, if you have to, sediment, statement, uh, in next week's episode. Because I think that is probably what people confuse The Last Jedi the most for. But, yeah, the the... You just didn't get that sense of dread or loss when they mm -hmm. destroyed Hazi and Prime. Maybe, maybe that's something that they'll change with some of the new shows. Maybe they'll they'll show Hazi and you can build that relationship. Even you could say Alderaan. You until Obi Wan had only seen it in live action. What the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's all you saw it was that brief moment, but yeah, but you, but you, you, when they blew it up, you understood it was an important character's home. Yeah. Cause it was, that's where it was obviously Leia's home and that's where mm -hmm. the rest of them were going to, to help her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, under, you understood that. Yeah, I think there's just like there's a lot of bouncing around also like with Kylo Ren. Like, I feel like they wanted to make him, you know, a super villain, like super evil. Right. And but I think like once again, going back to the fact that it's that short amount of time, he did like the unthinkable evil things in that very short amount of time, but then was able to redeem himself still at the end of the trilogy somehow. Like, I feel like even even Vader, even Anakin wouldn't have killed his own mom, you know, to go to the dark side. He wouldn't have, you know, used a lightsaber against Padme or one of his children. Like he at, choked Padme. at that time. Yeah, that's different. That's he domestic. cut off Luke's hand. Dom, dom, that's a domestic quarrel. <laughs> domestic quarrel. <laughs> but no, yeah i'm no, just saying like no, so no think think about it think about darth vader never killed anyone in his own family right and he's a pretty baddie now but like so emperor the emperor did like he killed his own family right you know if he mm -hmm. well if you if you take like the plagueis books and stuff you mm -hmm. know, so he killed he killed his own family but like that's clear like the emperor is like evil evil there is no redemption for him there's nothing he could ever do or ever want to do to ever you know do anything right everything is just 100 evil with palpatine yeah and so then it's like 
so Kylo now is following in the Emperor's tracks and killing his own parent, like the Emperor did. But then within what a couple of years, then he's like, okay, I'm good now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill my dad, but I mean, I I would, you know, at at the end, I would I would turn. I guess I I guess I should do the right thing now. <laughs> after uh, you know like that's one of the things like you just can't go back from i mean killing one of your parents or I think, killing one of your children that's that's one of those you can't come back from thing oh but you got a whole planet is okay yeah because uh, you you have no <laughs> connection to them they're not your actual blood they well, that's what and that's I mean, what i vote that's been my argument with anakin always too is like yeah he's done a lot of bad things but it's not like his family you know and i think that's why hiding the fact that he had children you know, like in my opinion, would have changed a lot of things because if he knew he would have had children, then just like what happened eventually at the very end, that that's what he realized is like, this is my family and it's more, that's more important. <clears throat> you know, like there's a difference between like fighting, but he wasn't going to take a death blow of Luke. He wouldn't have killed Luke. Well, plus, I mean, Vader didn't really make the call to blow up Alderaan anyway. True. I also don't feel that Kyle was not responsible for blowing up the Republic either. He wasn't his. That was yeah. all Hux and Snoke. Right. That that Hux was like, like oh, team. this can work. We can do this now. Let's, I'm going to go do it. And yeah. Snoke's like, yeah, sure, go do whatever. You know, I don't really. I also, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Positive V. Yeah, I feel like if, <laughs> if Kylo would have killed someone else, you know, that wasn't his parent, it would have been a little bit more believable. It still could have been like, you know, a big character, you know, if, you know, he, he was the one See, that ends up killing Luke or if he killed Chewie or something like that, you know, like it would have been like, well, that's so bad. But then he was still able to come back to the light from his parents, not he had to kill his parents to then be good. I think... It's more well, he like one of his parents. <laughs> yeah, true. I think I think that he he was in in this instance. He was trying to kill Han Solo. Not he. Han sacrificed himself, hoping it would bring him back to the light side. Where Kylo was thinking that this act would hopefully in his mind seal his fate into the dark side it would be he's he's uh he talks about it in the movie i feel it again he's trying to talk to vader this pull to the light and he's trying to fight the being seduced by the light side and he's thinking that if he can kill his father then he can secure his not just for himself, but also prove to Snoke that he is on the dark side. And mm -hmm. I think I think we're also kind of missing the point here where we're talking about how we didn't care for Hazian Prime to be destroyed, but we're upset because Ben killed his dad, and there's that good there's that relationship. And I think it just it just makes it for a deeper character building, and at least at least there's something there. There's not. Oh well, he just killed someone random. We don't care. And 
one thing I think was cool, we had talked about it earlier. So, uh, Chewie's bowcaster sends people's flying, right? Mm -hmm. Think about this. Han went out onto that bridge to sacrifice himself. Chewie shoots Kylo, but he also doesn't shoot. He shoots him in like the side. He doesn't shoot him in the face. He doesn't shoot him up high in the chest. Mm-hmm. Good shot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I will agree. Uh, or I will admit, I've seen a lot of people say like, well, if you watch all of Chewie's shots, he isn't like headshotting them. You know, like he is kind of just going midsection on a lot of the troopers. Yeah, but they're like upper midsection where he towards more of the heart, not in the yeah. lower and but the other thing is cool is you saw those stormtroopers go flying. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren doesn't move. He kind of like side. He he gets goes little. like that and goes like that, but like, <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't get fl- flown back. And I think mm-hmm. that's just his strength in the Force and his his mm-hmm. overall power to yeah not powerful maintain. enough to stop that blaster, but well okay. He's also conflicted. That's another thing. People go like, how did this train guy lose to to Ray? Think about he had this pull towards the dark side or towards the light side. And he's thinking that he's sealing his fate. But I'll, but as you know, this this that decision almost just eats at him more than anything to to kill his father and dude is mentally compromised his focus is not anywhere on that battle or what's going on dude is conflicted that entire time and so you could easily see how he could be beaten by ray he's completely <clears throat> It's it's almost like we saw in in Obi Wan where Vader's sole focus was his anger and his revenge. Well, the same thing. Kylo's not focused, so he can be beaten by Rey. Mm-hmm. I think that whole battle is a <laughs> not necessarily a positive discussion to have. Well, let's <sighs> let's do on let's do on that. I can't wait till Rory's here next I want, weekend. I know next it, week. I'll be good with Rory. But let's just think about this for a second. But I do want to go to just Star Wars comment. He said, he said no. However, if Vader knew about Luke and Leia early on, he would have been looking for them to turn them to the dark side, perhaps with the idea that their combined power could bring back Padme. And I think that goes along with my point. My point is that Anakin did some very <clears> evil <throat> things, but it was to because of his love for his family or or a part of it was because of his love for his family his fear of loss of the people that he loved and even with padme he wanted her to join him in make, bringing his version of peace to the galaxy right and the similar thing with his children even all the way down to luke when he found <clears throat> out about luke the, he had the same similar thing he's like oh perfect a family member that then now we together can overthrow the emperor 
and then we can rule together as family. You know, like I, I feel like Anakin and Vader, it, the whole thing was, it was always the same for him, you know, and that was what his issue was with the dark side is he had all of those emotions, but part, some of them were love for his family. Whereas a lot of the, you know, other Sith Lords didn't, don't have that side. You know, it was just always like the evil. It was always the attack. It was always the, the killing, you know, and the deception. Whereas I feel like Vader deep down still had that love for family, that, that hope for belonging. And I think that that's what Padme was for him. And that's what Luke and Leia eventually ended up being for him. Whereas, you know, now flip side with Kylo, it's like, so they're saying he doesn't even have that, you know, <laughs> he doesn't even have like, you know, the, what the average person is born with of like love for family. Say so he he's just straight up evil. He'll kill anyone, <laughs> even his own family. You he know, just like straight up Vader. Evil. <laughs> Vader won't even do that. You know. See, I okay, but I'm also like, do we have to compare him to Vader? I mean, obviously well, he, he compares himself to Vader, and that's the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder. I feel almost feel like he wasn't told the full story about Vader. Han and Leia didn't tell him everything. Left some parts out. And but I'll I'll make the comparison. If if you want to make that comparison, I can say that it is that that brings them <laughs> brings them back or brings him back and it's his affection uh for Ray and their connection. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And and so if you want to make that comparison, well you have you have it. He he I think maybe maybe you're right to a point where that is something that he was missing and that is what brings him back is that connection and so I don't know in this movie in particular it's it's a fun movie you just <laughs> George made the prequels think pieces and I think this one is in a little, in a ways, a little bit like Solo, where it's really fun. Just don't think about it too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that was what I was telling you about, like the, the what I was kind of trying to draw out of when I watched that interview with the writer for Tomb Raider, the new um, games, is I think that's what they're missing, is they are missing the why. And I feel like, they were either they asked lots of wise they just didn't have any answers for him right and so i don't know if it was that they were specifically trying to like they said or they or b that they didn't know or c that they you know they it, they were overwhelmed with how how big this project was and they just didn't really care <laughs> to, to answer the wise like that that wasn't ever one of their goals was you know 
why why does you know why is this happening why is this character doing this why you know why and we're just led to believe that all of these things kind of make sense and you know and like you said if you if you watch the movie and never ask why <laughs> you know you I never think... ask you never ask why finn right let's just take finn for example you never ask why he got ptsd on the field you never ask why you know like it was specifically that one dead stormtrooper that like led him to not fire you, you never ask why later he you know inevitably decides to leave right and then you never ask why he's okay with massacring all the other you know child soldiers you know and he's celebrating the death of all of these his his fallen <laughs> other child soldiers he's cheering and happy and excited to kill all of them you know when he was like then tells ray later you know like oh yeah we are taking his children we have no choice we were brainwashed but then he's okay to like you know kill everybody yeah i thought <laughs> I, I, I thought about that too like he he the first the first thing i thought is the meme that always goes around now is is uh ahsoka not killing clone troopers and obi-wan and yoda at the jedi temple and that yeah. meme and i was thinking about that when i watched that movie when they get in the tie fighter and i see that i'm just like wait he just made the decision to not kill innocent people but mm -hmm. he's okay shooting the the tie fighter into the group of stormtroopers trying to stop him from leaving mm -hmm. but, he, but is he okay to the it was like oh well okay interesting <laughs> mm-hmm but, yeah, and he ne he never, or the other thing is, like, why doesn't he ever attempt to save anyone else? You know, like, why didn't be like, come on, like, like, I have an opportunity, we can leave. Or like, hey, I have this in with this person, let's try to get as many people to escape as possible. Or even at Maz's place, you know, he didn't say like, you know, hey, everybody who, you know, wants to leave, this is your opportunity. Here's the resistance coming. Do you want to die? <laughs> or okay, do you want to escape? I'll push back on that because he was clearly afraid of Kylo Ren and the whole First Order. And that's what his character arc is, is his always wanting to run. That's all he's he's he just wants to run. Even even Moz mentions it like he just wants to run. He's basically he's a coward. But that's his character arc of fighting the desire to just run and, and save yourself versus becoming the person that stands up to that evil. And I feel like when you say that, when that, that is the reasons why he could shoot what could be his friends is because he's just afraid and he's just trying to run away. And he, at this point, that is his character arc where he learns to stick up for his friends and to be the good person instead of just running away because even even after you he he gets ray in the last jedi his tendency is still he wants to run and so that is his character arc i believe yeah except i think it the the problem in this one is it's like a back and forth like he has like these you know, sometimes he's like super afraid, wants to run. Then other times he p 
picks up a lightsaber and wants to go one on one with a, a random, you know, stormtrooper when he could have just ran. You know, he could just ran away. Or then the other thing too is like he is like afraid, but then all of a sudden, like we had talked about, he sees Poe and he's like, That's one hell of a pilot. And he's all excited, like, Oh yeah, baby, let's go. You know, and all of a sudden he's like not afraid at all. And he's, you know, super happy and excited to be there. And then on top of it, then instead of running when he faces one of the most powerful and darkest evils in all of the galaxy, he once again picks up a lightsaber and tries to go one-on-one with Kylo Ren. After he just saw not only how powerful he is, how evil he is, if he didn't know before when he was, you know, when he was in his training and stuff, he definitely saw it firsthand, you know, on multiple occasions. And then he saw him kill his own father. <laughs> you know? And then he's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's the guy that I'm going to fight. I think, I think it's, uh, his friendship with Ray, and that's the reason, because in this, in this movie in particular, is, like, I feel like he sees Ray as, like, the first person that was ever nice to him, and so he has this protection instinct for her in particular, because that's the only reason, it's the only reason he didn't run after after the attack on uh, Maz's base that's the only reason he went to star killer base in the first place and and even when he wants to run in the last jedi he's still confused thinking that ray will want to just be safe too so he's trying to uh, take the tracker with him so that she can find him and they can just be safe instead of actually fighting and that's that's his character, and and I think I get I get what you're saying, but I also think that that's like your, his inner conflict as well, whether to to run or to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall, I think from my personal opinion, this is. Probably my least favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, I do enjoy it though. It's a fun. It is a fun watch. There's lots of things. There are lots of good moments. Like I said, the the music in it is fantastic. You can almost take yeah. more cues and and understand what you're supposed to feel if you just listen to the music. Uh, that that same goes with the next two as well. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of good positives. I don't think we touched on a whole lot of the positives today. But I think there there are a lot there. And <clears throat> and I am here for people who want to tell me that they enjoyed this movie. And I, I will listen because I know there are a lot of people out there who Ray is their Skywalker. Ray is their Jedi, their hero. And and there are people out here that this is their Star Wars. And I don't want to be the one to tell them that that it's not okay to like these movies. There's still good to be found, I believe, in these movies. And I think we'll get to more of the good. I know I will in the next two, especially. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think, you know, we've we've said this always, you know, anybody can be a Star Wars fan if you enjoy watching Star Wars. And it doesn't matter what movie or film or book, comic, you know, show that you enjoy. If that's what brought you to Star Wars, that's why you love Star Wars. You know, that's that's amazing. And yeah, anybody who, <laughs> who watches this and, you know, loves this movie, it's your favorite movie, um, definitely in the comments or in our Discord. Like, we'd love to hear your your thoughts on it. And like, side note, if Ray is your favorite Star Wars character, you know, then I'm extremely jealous because I wish that my favorite Star Wars character never made a mistake and was perfect. (laughs) 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 Never never had anything bad ever happen. Anytime that any issue ever came up, they knew what to do every time because that that would feel amazing to just have your, your favorite character just always do the right thing, never have any sort of trouble of conscience or anything like that. Um, that. Because she does. She, If you look at it that way, you know, she always knows what to do. She always does the right thing. Um, she has split-second thoughts of maybe possibly not doing the right thing, but she always, no matter what, does the right thing. And kind of like a MacGyver of just knowing everything, you know. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, that, <laughs> that, would, that would make the experience a lot, a lot funner. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, like you guys said, this, this movie taking it for what it is, there is a lot of, there's a lot of fun moments. There's some fun, uh, moments like in, in the different fighters and with the, the battles in space and stuff like that, which I always love to see in any type of Star Wars movie. Um, the different color of the X-Wings even, it's such a small thing, but like, I don't know, it, it kind of makes it like more, more menacing or something like that. Um, but I, I love the look of the, the new X wings <laughs> with their new paint job and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, like we had mentioned before, I loved, uh, seeing, you know, all of these characters in this movie and at this point, you know, not really knowing where anything went, it, it was cool to, to see Han and Chewie and to see Leia again. And then obviously like one of the most, I will say this about this movie too, is one of the most epic cliffhangers of all time and mark hamill himself said what he loved about this is that it was a cliffhanger like literally he was <laughs> on the edge of a cliff <laughs> so he's like you know it's like the best cliffhanger you could have ever done because it's literally on a cliff so it's not just mm-hmm. metaphorically but it's literally a cliffhanger and i feel like at the time sitting in the theater the very first time i was so upset that that's how it ended i was like no there's no way like he doesn't even say anything but like we don't know anything <laughs> at that time you don't you don't know why he's there and you know obviously we'll talk about that later but at the time uh, my thoughts were like why why is he there what's his plan what's it you know how is he you know going to be the look that we know right you know like what's the real reason he's there there has to be some reason that he's there you know is he training you know force ghost situation something like that and so at the time it was just it was such an amazing cliffhanger and i was so excited uh to to see where the next one was uh even though i was pondering a lot of the different things that went uh different ways in my head in this movie but i was super excited actually for the second movie based on that cliffhanger because i'm like oh my goodness there's luke and you know mm-hmm. like oh, what's gonna happen next and yeah i agree with that so probably the uh easiest money mark hamill's ever made <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> some good money uh, 
I think he made yeah. a pretty good amount of money for uh, his mm-hmm. amount of screen time. Yeah. I yeah, think, I, I you let, know what's, yeah. what's weird about this movie is I don't remember this much. I felt like the general reception for this movie was okay. It was fine. It was like, it wasn't overly great, but it wasn't negative for the majority. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until The Last Jedi came out that people started to really complain about them. I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I feel like the general discourse was, yeah, it was okay. It was good. It was fine. What well, wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, uh, I mean, there was some that said, oh, it was just a remake of A New Hope. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it was, yeah, it was a good start. It was whatever. And so you don't, they're just, I feel like the negativity didn't really start. Until the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. but we should yeah. all know this. As Star Wars fans, there's always negativity. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's good or not. There's going to be people who hate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't. Well, I think don't that's with anything that's got. That's with anything that has a fan base that's this large. There's mm-hmm. going to be people who who find things they don't like, and there's people who find things they do like. And that's mm-hmm. the hard thing, is that. I think generally the people who don't like something like we've talked about mention it more. And, and I also feel like that even affects us to a point where some of the things I would think, yeah, whatever. I didn't think too much of that part. I don't, you know, okay. They killed Hosni and prime or whatever. Okay. I don't really, you know, I'm kind of glad it wasn't Coruscant. So that could still come back later. You know, I don't have to think, too much of it but when you start to analyze things down to the details and then almost some of the fun gets ruined mm-hmm. and it kind of yeah. takes the takes the joy out of it a little bit but um i think uh do we want to start to wrap things up i think we've kind of hit some of the points yeah, we've been good we've been pretty negative i think i'll have a lot i, I know i'll have a lot more positive things to say about the last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I don't want to be too negative because I think there's, like I said, there's things to love in all Star Wars, and okay. I think we can all find things in Star Wars in each project in everything. There's something fun and new, and and we talked about the excitement of having new Star Wars. You know, yeah. If they told me, if they told me. And announce that we're going to start episode 10 and it's going to be this whole cast again. And I'm going to be like, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, I would be very curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I think, and I think there is a lot you could do with these characters too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. no, the Emperor has returned again and again somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get, a, get us a new baddie. Mm-hmm. So, That's why I thought this movie succeeded. It was I felt like Snoke was a menacing presence. Interesting. Yeah. Who is he? Mm-hmm. I felt like that was something, and then it wasn't. Yeah. That's right. not I think, this like, movie's problem. I think this yeah, movie no, did a great yeah. job with, with Snoke being that the big That would have been so guy. cool. Yeah, that would have been so cool if Snoke ended up being the final villain. And then I think the other thing is because, you know, he was on hologram 
you don't know his size and like people like call him golem all the time and i was like that would be like hilarious too like if he was the size of yoda at the very end you know what i mean like no one he's huge on all the holograms right but the very last scene you know they have to fight him and you know he's like yoda size <laughs> but like extremely that's powerful. why he's always always <laughs> really big on the holograms because uh-huh. compensating he's compensating <laughs> you know oh my gosh. like oh man that would be so amazing about my size you will uh well uh why don't why don't we go ahead and we'll think i want to thank everyone in the chat seth just star wars um let's see we had some others up at the top uh togo bap thank you uh also uh thank everyone for joining us and uh, why don't you guys, uh, Josiah, go ahead and plug your stuff, and then we'll call it a yeah. day. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, once again, uh, like you said, thanks, everybody, uh, for coming. This was an interesting one. It was our, our first one that uh, we had the question, even in the title, you know, can we look at The Force Awakens in a positive light? And Apparently, no. I would, I would say no. <laughs> I would say that, no, it was really difficult and uh, we even talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, I, I watched it a couple of times actually in, in the past week and it, it was, it was tough. I watching it by myself, watching it with my wife. Uh, it, it was, it was difficult. I was, I was really looking forward to watching it and being more excited about it, finding uh, maybe things I missed before things to be excited about while preparing for this episode. But um I, I feel like, uh, like Tyler said, I, I think this was my least favorite. Um, I I don't hate it by any means, but I, it was definitely my least favorite of this trilogy. And um, it's it's hard to to fish out the different things that I really enjoyed when there's, you know, the, the overarching plot and different choices with the script or whatever is just right in your face all the time throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, thank you so much uh, for watching this. And uh, sorry if you 100% came here just for 100% positivity for this movie. Because, um, uh, but I will say I did try. I tried. I tried to be positive. Um, but anyways, yeah, you can. You're uh, find there's me. no try. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So I, I think Yoda was wrong about a lot of stuff. That's kind of that the downfall of the Jedi Order. That's 100% true too. And he obviously didn't know who the force worked either because he which, just which told is... Luke that you don't need training. You know, you can be like Ray and zero training and you can be the hero and killed emperor single-handedly. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So uh, <laughs> back to uh, what I was supposed to be doing is I'm always uh, on Twitter. <laughs> so if you ever want to reach out to me, talk to me. My DMs are open. Uh, Martina's mostly um, on Twitter. Uh, my son also has a YouTube channel. Um hezekiah's toys and games uh you could find it in the description below or on the discord there's a link there as well um he's always doing uh fun stuff so we're gonna do unboxings uh lego builds um fun stuff like that uh currently he's doing a giveaway for a hundred dollars any way you want it um so yeah definitely go into that um it's a uh, it's funny and it's it's a good time all right q time for me to plug my stuff Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody again for stopping by. Uh, as always, you know, whether we're the most positive or, you know, we're just semi-positive, it's always fun <laughs> to talk Star Wars. 
Um, and it's always it's always fun to be to be with you guys and, and talk about something that we all have such a passion for. And uh, if you're if you're interested in uh, any more of my content, you know I've got my my Twitter there at Crazy Quentin. Um, I'm on Twitch at Crazy Q. I do some uh, I do some you know some some all kinds of different video games. I was playing some uh, Star Wars: The Republic earlier today. I might start streaming that again. You know to try to finish that. And I've got my YouTube channel there, Crazy Q Gaming. Uh, feel free to give me a, a like, give me a subscribe. Really appreciate it. And check out what we've got. And uh, hopefully the quality of the videos there will get better. And I'll get more of them. I'm I'm still new to making videos for YouTube. So it's going to be a slow process. You can, you can grow with me. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically the same. And all of the things that have been mentioned, all links, links to Hezekiah's channel, is down there in the description, uh, link to my YouTube uh, as well and and Quentin's. Uh, you can follow me. I did change my handle because uh, I want to be Darth Canuck, but you know some places it's taken, so I had to go with with something else. But the link is there in the description, and also yeah, we do I do stream variety of stuffs. Uh, we'll be playing more. I want to do playthroughs of. Jedi Fallen Order and some other Star Wars games and just hanging out. All right, guys. Well, oh, one thing I wanted to point out that was funny. Do you know what the last line of this movie was? May the force be with you. They didn't say always. So just, I thought just, it was. May the force be with you for a little bit. I, I, I thought the last line was like Ray heavily breathing. Giving the <laughs> lightsaber to Luke. Is that a line? I mean, well, let's see if the. <laughs> do the, do the, the closed captioning say that that's a line? <laughs> the closed caption. Heavy breathing. <laughs> they say stuff like that sometimes. So, you know, if, if it does, it doesn't. I, well, I mean. Yeah. All right, guys. That hasn't said yet. We're going to take our... May the force be with you, always. May the force force be be with with you. you, always.